0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to any football podcast Wait, oh. we need a
1: jingle for fuck's <laughs> sake. Ba, 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 ba.
0: What a tune! Um, um, hello, everyone, and welcome to any football podcast episode number six. Um first things an apology. Um, apologies for not doing a podcast last week. But it was the FA Cup weekend, and if we're perfectly honest with each other, nobody cares about the FA Cup. It's a sad state of affairs, but blame Manchester United for that one. Um, On the second note, uh, we are joined today by Jav. Jav, say hello. Yo. Brilliant. Um, Indy, say hello, please. Hello, everyone. Okay, brilliant. Uh, I think we'll try try and expand on hellos. Maybe ask what everyone's been up to the week and stuff like that. No one cares. You're probably right. Okay, first uh, first things first. Um, the first game on Saturday, which was the lunchtime kickoff, was Manchester United versus Bournemouth. Um, there were a couple of goals. There was a missed penalty by Ibrahimovic in a game that finished one all. Um, a big dent into Manchester United's hopes of finishing top four, although they're obviously still there or thereabouts. A or missed opportunity, I should say. Um, but the two incidents, which really are still being spoken about on Monday and which the FA are investigating, are Ibrahimovic versus Ming. Uh, what are you thinking of the incidents between them?
2: Uh, they were pretty bad, and I think both of them should get a retrospective ban. But it's probably we shouldn't advocate uh, violence or anything like that. But I would say good on Ibrahimovic for that elbow because um, Mings definitely jumped
0: into him on purpose and
1: stamped on his head.
0: <laughs> okay, so you just uh, so basically you've just said killing is bad, but good on for killing.
1: Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Wait, wait, wait a minute, did you guys even talk about the
0: summary of the game or? What the score was. No one's talking about the score, Jav. Uh, yeah. The FAA are not investigating was the it, one or George. The FA are investigating the incidents. Okay.
1: Okay. So, wait a minute. So, wait. So, you're against. I'm against. Uh, so no, you're I, I Bremen, Yeah,
2: yeah, but I, I completely understand why he, he meted out that reaction
1: and um indy would be the worst person to have on a disciplinary panel <laughs> i'm gonna to have to bang you but i completely
2: understand but why did you he did it but did you see what mings did it was bad it was like he, he meant it there's no no accident about it he just, just could have cleared his head he stamped on his way it could have been a lot worse it was, yeah it was really bad
1: if he if caught him in the eye he could have gone blind there
0: I mean, just in case, just in case any of our listeners didn't see it, which I'd be amazed if you hadn't. Uh, Mings was jumping over Ibrahimovic, who was on the floor, um, and as he jumped over, I mean, his his foot clearly stamped on Ibrahimovic's head. Um, It wasn't a full impact in terms of um, foot, head, and floor, uh, but it was enough of a graze on Ibrahimovic's skull um, to really leave him feeling pretty, pretty bitter about it. Um, And not long afterwards, later on in the game. Um Ibrahimovic reciprocated with a nice elbow to the head um, as they both challenged for an aerial duel. Do you think one incident was worse than the other, Jav, in terms of both? Because, because a lot of the times you see with referees, the initial incident isn't punished, but then the, the retaliation is punished a lot worse by referees. So do you think that because Ibrahimovic did it with vengeance, that should be looked upon worsely by the FA? What do you think?
1: uh you know what was what was funny about that moment was that uh like leading up to it leading up to the stamp was that Rooney completely took out Ibrahimovic like I think he went in for a slight tackle missed the guy and just crunched Ibra he landed up on the floor and that's when Mings was trying to jump over him and caught him on the caught him on the head and what I loved about it was that you know he, he felt the little stamp on his head he came for a minute to like fake to be injured and then he just thought wait a minute he looked up to see who it was <laughs> yeah. and you see there's like a really clear uh, picture of it on tv or ibrahimovic just just peeking up just to see who is that which number was that <laughs> and then like right and then he goes back to being injured basically gets up and it was from that free kick and you can see him he just takes a look at where mings is waits for him and just elbows him cracks him in the face and then who's the uh, the, the captain of Bournemouth? Sermon. Sermon, who, um, he then comes and pushes Ibra, and he just, he falls down, like, straight away, like a sack of potatoes, and it all kicks off from there. Um, but according to Ibrahimovic,
0: yeah,
1: you I have, that. let me quote,
2: you have the TV, you can see the images, I jump high and Mings jumps into my elbow. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I love it. And then otherwise he's just like, well, I don't know what the problem is, Mings jumped into my elbow. <laughs> um, which is one way to look at it. Um, the the funny thing is that so obviously Man United played the whole second half with uh, against ten men because of that and they were actually doing a lot better when it was eleven against eleven. I don't know. Did you guys see any of the game? Yeah, I agree. Um, they it it really looked like the Manchester United evolved. The like they were just smashing Bournemouth. It was just attack after attack after attack, um, which. Yeah, I don't think it even helped
2: them. I think they, they, they've suffered, though. One thing that if you look at the the top six, United have scored the least out of all of them. I think all the others are, have scored at least 50 or more. I think mean, United have scored about 39. And it's weird. I know Ibrahimovic has done really well, um, but no one else is really chipping in. Well, God,
1: take away Ibrahimovic's goals, and then they're, they're really struggling.
2: But then it's one of those things that if you take away Ibrahimovic's goals and... Ibrahimovic you wonder whether they they play Rashford or Martial or someone like that Mm. up up top and whether that creates something different you know because Rashford is a I mean I know he's a he's a talent but he's he's such a good finisher I can imagine him doing really well but he needs game time as well but he's not going to get that while Ibrahimovic is playing and quite rightly I don't blame Mourinho for Clearly, obviously, Ibrahimovic is one of the best strikers still in the world, I would say.
1: Yeah, but the thing is, is you can play these other players around Ibrahimovic. And that's what they need, in a way, because Ibrahimovic's got that uh, experience. Like, he's not he's not like a running-around kind of player anymore. He just, you know, he, he knows what position to be in. And that's that's how he's getting his goals. Yeah. If you look at him, he's just goal-hangers, basically, and just gets his head on the end of things. But they're drawn too many of these games, particularly at Old Trafford.
2: You'd think, you know, they, I know they're on this long, unbeaten run. And they've been doing really well, but um, that's I don't know, they they drew against Bournemouth now. They've drawn against Burnley, I think, at home as well. It's, it's results like that. Just they, this is why, if they don't make the top four, this is why. You know, it's, it's obvious to say. I mean, I, don't know, I think they're doing really well.
0: I think you're right to pick out the draws. Indeed, they've drawn ten games this season, which has only been matched by Middlesbrough, and nobody else has even drawn nine this season so far. So They've definitely dropped a lot of points, especially at home. But they're on form though. Like if you
1: look at their performances, like like I keep saying, they're, they're reminding me of the old Manchester United that I used to remember growing up. Even things like decisions going for them, like did you see the Paul Pogba uh, back heel and the way they got the penalty? That was a classic decision that Man United would always used to get that don't seem to get anymore. Do you think it wasn't a penalty then? No, it wasn't a penalty. The guy backheel onto the guy's hand. He had his arms up a little bit. Though. No, no. See that. See. I can understand getting that decision when you're Man United. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I think, I think things are going really well for them. I think they're, they're on the up, annoyingly. They, they are. They are improving. Because they're going to catch. Um, did I read a stat? that They spent more, um, more time in sixth position in the league this season than any other team?
0: Any other well, team then, in sixth?
1: Than any other team <laughs> they spent in any <laughs> other one position.
0: Probably was, right. But, I mean, maybe except Sunderland at the bottom. I don't know.
2: Apparently not, not according to Opta. No matter what they do, they, they always end up six.
0: You, Op- you checked Opta before today? I oh, I always check Opta. I am Opta. Mr. They call Orta. me Opta Jab. Opta Jab. <laughs> um, okay, enough for Manchester United. Uh, for Bournemouth, by the way, I think was a very good point for Bournemouth. I mean, the way to Old Trafford, who, like you said, Jab, they are a team on form. They haven't, uh, they're undefeated yeah. in the last 10 games. They um, needed that. It
1: was more It was more um, Man United fucking up, though, than Bournemouth getting a point.
0: Yeah, perhaps. Um, but I mean, e- either way, they Bournemouth lost the last four games, and then to go away to Old Trafford and get a point is a very valuable point. They now five. Well, points. with ten men for half the game as well. Exactly. But
1: but again, it was Man United throwing it away. It wasn't. It wasn't Bournemouth. Let's not give
0: Bournemouth any credit. For okay, that. zero credit for Bournemouth. Thanks. Zero to credit. In okay. fact, relegate Bournemouth. Fine. <laughs> okay, on to the next game: Leicester City versus Hull. Um, Leicester get rid of Ranieri a couple of weeks ago They, again, they then go on, road, you guys? They then go and win 3-1 against Liverpool And then the week later They go on and beat Hull City at home 3-1 again um, Goals from Fuchs uh, Mares with a lovely goal uh, And a Tom own goal at the end Gave them a 3-1 victory over Hull um, Did anyone see this game? Or have anything to say? Or More than anything Not necessarily about the game Does taking Ranieri away from managerial position Should it really have such an impact on Leicester City? Was he doing that bad of a job? What do you think, Jeff?
1: Well, this is what I mean. Like, what's happened to Leicester? Like, it's the same team from last season, completely, apart from obviously Kante. And it's the same team that it was three weeks ago, but suddenly, minus Ranieri. um, Obviously, the players were sabotaging the season, right? They were obviously not putting it in, not putting in a shift. And now that he's gone, they're out to prove a point again. I, I, it shows you. It's all about mentality. I, I, think it, all
0: I, I think it's hard to move away from that because I mean, Ranieri may have been playing a different formation or you know slightly different tactical uh, choices and decisions he was making, but the difference in performances and the difference in attitude from the players they were clearly yeah. they were clearly holding something back. It's not that they it's not they were just playing badly and they had a bit of bad luck. The performances are that different between before and after Ranieri. That really makes me think that the players were holding something back, and whether you can call it sabotage or they, were, they they wanted to see Leicester go down, or they just didn't really care, you know, that's up in the air for a debate. But the difference was Don't huge. Don't you think that
1: um, it it makes them look worse? The fact that they're now playing so well, yeah. Like if they if they were slowly improving, it would it would you know you could say you know maybe it was good that they got rid of Ranieri, new ideas, new tactics. But the fact that the next day they've suddenly gone and smashed Liverpool,
0: it's it obviously was the players all along. I mean, Liverpool were atrocious that day. But if you take, in fact, you know, Liverpool's performance this weekend, which we'll get onto shortly. Oh, God. Um, yeah. But they were so good, Liverpool, this week. And that's the same absolutely. team that played last week. And Leicester absolutely embarrassed them. Um, you know, they, they were the Leicester of old. They were the Leicester of last season with, with super swift passing, showed great amount of pace. Vardy had a, a brilliant game.
1: Um, Not just that, just direct, direct football. So just, direct. just get the
0: ball, smash it up to Vardy. Which is exactly what they did last season, and it worked for them. I, I also think Liverpool played
2: perfectly into Leicester's hands as well. I, I <laughs> no, honestly, I, I think no, I think it's lazy punditry sometimes when we just say Liverpool didn't turn up; they weren't motivated. The same way that people said the same thing about Spurs didn't turn up against Liverpool couple of weeks ago, you know, where was the motivation? Liverpool just won more aggressive. Yeah, they were. I get it. They played well. But you know what? Sometimes it's just a particular style trumps another style. And I think in this particular instance, Liverpool, they will always thrive against teams who like to play possession-based football and bring it out from the back. unless they are very much the, the exact opposite of that, where they, they would rather play a team who would have possession as well and counter them. And I think it's worked in Leicester's favour. Also, Liverpool played with this ridiculous high line and they're playing Lucas Lever at the back. Vardy, you know, it was, like, it was like Christmas for him. He had a good game though, Lucas. Against Leicester?
1: Yeah. Mm, um, he gets a lot of sticks for that, but remember, he's not a centre-back. But you don't, you
2: don't... One thing we know about Vardy is you don't... We know he's quick. Don't push up that high and let him have a run on you, particularly when your name is Lucas. You know, I think Klopp, <laughs> Klopp got the tactics wrong for that particular game. And I was n- under no impression, um, sorry, under no illusion. I knew, basically, that Liverpool would play well against Arsenal, but we'll come to that in a bit anyway. But I don't know, Leicester, I don't know, it's a little bit fishy, the whole Ranieri thing, player power. I wonder, also that, that guy, Shakespeare, it, something doesn't quite sit right, that you know, he's, he's now making such a beeline for the job.
1: Mm. Did, you, um, did you guys hear that Ranieri's donated his £5 million payout to charity. No, right. I, I didn't. Because they obviously have to pay him out for firing him. Um, and he's, he's donated the whole thing to charity. That's true. that's amazing.
0: Nice of him. Give him a job, somebody. If you,
1: if you thought you couldn't love him anymore.
0: Go to hell, Lester.
1: Okay. That's a bit too much to give charity, you know? Five million. <laughs> <laughs> if
0: you've got, you got so into nice the, the bank, maybe it doesn't
1: matter. I mean, at what point do you think, oh, God, nice guy. Even if I heard one million, I would have thought, Nice guy. He's not getting more nice guy points just for the extra four million. Might as well kept the four million and still been a nice guy. <laughs> what do you guys think in terms of, like, if you win the
2: league, should it have guaranteed him another season at least? Or... What do you mean? Uh, contractually? Oh, no. I mean, just... <laughs> w- do you think they were wrong to
1: get rid of him? I think they were wrong to get rid of him until they, they were out of the Champions League, 100%. You can't... You can't what, is, what is the benefit of sacking someone in between Champions League ties? There's no benefit. I mean, the owners will obviously point to the Premier League
2: and um, money. Okay. They, it's a business decision for them.
0: Well, b- mean, b- but surely the last two results have actually vindicated the owners, at least to some degree, you know? whether it's the players' fault for holding back before or Ranieri's for making tactical mistakes and the wrong true. choices of teams. Either way, the owners identified a situation and they made the choice and they beat Liverpool, and they beat Hull, and they're now five points from safety. If they hadn't won those games, they'd be in the relegation zone. So you have to give them some credit for the right choice there, Well, um, it wasn't James? the owners, anyway, because the owners... They, it's not like they made the
1: decision. The players went to the owners and you know, gave them ultimatums, basically. So... I,
0: I, uh, I don't know about ultimatums. I mean, I've, I've heard they went to go and speak to them. I don't know what other ultimatums can kind the of player said. Yeah, I'm sure they didn't go sack to speak him, to them. Sack him or exactly. else what? Yeah,
1: well... Or else we're leaving. I'm pretty sure, <laughs> pretty sure. would have, would have uh, come across. Anyway, anyway, we, we, we also
2: criticised them when they got rid of um, Pearson, and then I look know. how look how that turned out. <laughs> That's
0: true. They won the league,
2: so well, maybe right.
0: maybe we don't know what the hell we're talking about. Maybe uh, Le- Leicester are now five points in safety. Um, Hull, who lost again, um, are now four points from safety. Harlan on a horrific one of form. Um, well, they've only won two games of the last 10. I thought
2: they were doing a bit better recently.
1: Pointless, I didn't realise. Pointless teams. We've been through this. There's like six, seven teams in the Premier League that don't need to be there at all. I think he's a good manager, this guy. Sunderland, Hull, Middlesbrough, Crystal Palace, Bournemouth, Burnley, get rid of them, Stoke. Pointless. Waste cash. <laughs> <laughs> anyway,
0: okay. what's next game? We'll, we'll make a separate podcast just for that one one day. Um, really? Next, uh, next game is Stoke City two, Middlesbrough nil. Um, Middlesbrough again, still in the he relegation he's zone. Fun games,
1: isn't he? <laughs> okay,
0: um, Stoke City two, Middlesbrough nil. Um, Anarcevich scored both goals. Um, Anarcevich is one of those players who kind of at moments in, you know, through the last couple of years he's looked like a really top draw player um, nope. and then other time sorry Jav <laughs> <laughs> right. his first Disappear goal is great um, don't, don't, uh, okay, let, me, let me ask Indy then so he's the man with a bit of knowledge um, don't you think Anatovich is a decent player Indy what do you think? He is, he is he is good but I don't
2: know if he's better than the level he's at right now I can't imagine him playing for one of the top six he's very consistent I guess he is consistent or he isn't no no he's very inconsistent inconsistent yeah yeah I'd say that but then you do wonder with some of these players you know when they if they play with better players around them would they then improve again he's a good player I think yeah on his day he's I remember him destroying Spurs a couple of times I think I remember him I think when they beat Liverpool 6-1 or something he was great as well so he is a good player
0: Okay, um, enough of Stoke City versus Middlesbrough. Um, let's crack on with uh, the next few games. Actually, a lot of goals in the next few games. The first one up is Swansea City versus Burnley. Um, Swansea were 1-0 up, then it went one all. Um Burnley then had a 2-1 lead going into the last 20 minutes before Olsen and then Llorente in injury time um, scored the winner for Swansea City. Uh, Swansea are now five points from safety, so a crucial three points for them. Uh, against the Burnley team, who pretty much safe already this season, Llorente um, has been a great signing, don't you think? Either one of you? I've been so
1: impressed with with Swansea. Um, this was such a great game. Just you know what I love about Swansea is they play like really traditional, old-fashioned football, of just getting the ball wide and just crossing it in, but not like nancy crosses, like proper smash it in, old-fashioned get to the byline, smash it in. Llorente gets his head on the end um thing is that it's funny about Llorente because he obviously kicked off really well um where was he? uh atletico
0: yep yeah. um
1: yeah. and it didn't quite work out for him at Juve, which was a really good signing because he was really, like everyone really wanted him um and by the time he got to uh to swansea like his his stock had fallen so low that I just kind of I, it kind of felt like a last chance saloon for him so I'm really happy that he's doing well. Um, and um, now there's been talk about him going to Chelsea as well, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I think probably through the Conte connection, um, but I agree with you in terms of his, his stock had really gone low. I mean, he went to Seville and for, in, in the whole season, he only scored four goals, um, and so far at Swansea he's already scored 11. Um, but you uh, know
1: what's, what's disappointing was that back when he was at Athletic Bilbao, um, there was more about his game than just the big guy and the header like he was actually good with his feet he scored yeah. a variety of different type of goals and he's kind of gone back now to just being that big guy that you're just going to chuck like a Yakubu you know what i mean just get the ball into him and he'll head it in and um i kind of hope his game develops further than ju- just that because he's a better player than that but he's a beast in the air though
2: wins everything currently he is Currently, and i've seen him but how can we not talk about uh, Guilfoy again? The stunning backheel assist. Do you think that that?
0: Do you think he'll get a move this uh, this summer? Into he'll move on to someone else. Sigurdsson. Yeah,
2: I think he. I don't know. He. I mean, anyone. If if there's a top team in in, in England in the Premier League that come move in for him, I think he, he's always going to remember that time he had at Spurs. And I think with Guilfoy, I think he. Playing time is really important to him yeah. because otherwise he would have stuck it out of Spurs. So, I don't know. Maybe he's happy at Swansea.
1: You know, he had a good spell. This is his second spell there, isn't it? So, I think he's found his level. I think he I, he's one of those players that I would love to have at Arsenal. Like, he's just so cultured. But, I don't know. It just seems to fit for him at Swansea, doesn't it? Mm-hmm.
2: He's a star man. Everyone's, everything's sort of built around him. But well, they played some good football,
1: aren't they? He's provided the most, uh, most assist this season as yeah.
2: so, well. Uh, Joint with Ericsson.
0: Ericsson's useless. God. Joint, top assist. OK, on to Watford versus Southampton. Um, the game finished Watford 3, Southampton 4. The score was 2-2 going into the last 10 minutes before Gabbiadini again. Um, and Nathan Renband, um gave Southampton a 4-2 lead before the Corre pulled one back right into the game um Gabbiadini is absolutely banging in the goals. I think he's now scored 6 in 4 or 7 in 4. Um, absolutely thrilling game for two teams that really aren't playing for too much this season. I think they are both pretty safe in mid table. Um do you think Gabbiadini will be picked up by anyone and move on Jav What do you think?
1: Um unfortunately I do. Mm-hmm. Um which is such a shame for Southampton because they keep doing this. They keep bringing in really good talent and not just him like I was so impressed with Redmond Uh, He kind of wasn't even on my radar until this weekend, but just watching him, he was amazing. He was running the show. Um, So they've got some top talent down there. Um, You
0: you know, I was going to say that, I mean, you you said you feel a bit sorry for Southampton because, you know, they bring players in and then they sell them and they've done that. They've done that a lot for the last couple of years. But what really amazes me personally is that, and even their managers, their managers come and go quite regularly as well, but they Mm -hmm. they have a system in place Uh, where they recruit managerially very well and they recruit players even better, I would say. Um, I mean, you look at all the players that have come and gone, whether it's Schneiderlin, all the players that went to Liverpool, but these are players that come for a nominal amount if they haven't come through the ranks at all and then they go on to make huge profits out of these players. I mean, it's a a system that the club is kind of like focused on and it seems to be paying dividends at the moment. I mean, when you look at players um, like Schneiderlin who they made huge profit on, and even Gabbiadini, I think they paid 13 14 million for him. Already, already, they'll double their money. You can see it. Um, he's come to the Premier League. He's shown he can handle the Premier League. And if, and if one of the top five, six teams need a striker, um, you'd, they'd be silly not to look at somebody like Gabbiadini, who's um, already scored a few goals. And it's not only his goals, but he scored seven or eight goals. I think that his overall play is excellent. I think he's an excellent player. And sometimes you see players and it takes them a year or two to adapt to the Premier League. Uh, it's, I think Gabby Dean has been excellent um, are you impressed with Gabby Dean Dean uh, I think he's one of the best
2: finishers we've seen in this short little period that we've seen him since like, someone like Robbie Fowler uh, it just, it's amazing, the funny thing was uh, I think in the, the, the League Cup final was it? Harry Redknapp said um, he's an unknown quantity this guy's like an Italian international you know, everyone has seen him before but he's a, he, No, I think, I think he's a really good player I, yeah, I'd take him
1: that's first for sure. And I think a lot of the top... top but you've stars. got Jensen.
2: Yeah, he's no Jensen. <laughs> that's true.
1: Um, you know, the impressive thing about him is it's not even, for me, his finishing or... There's nothing, like, that um, outstanding about him as a player apart from the fact that he's he's got that striker's instinct. So, for his goal, you can see, I don't know which player it was that was striking the ball from outside the area. But the minute he's striking it... The defender's facing the guy who's gonna strike it, but he is going straight towards the keeper in case he, he drops it or it comes off the bar or something. And it it worked out for him. But um yeah, he's he's got that instinct. he's he's gonna he's gonna get goals. Just
2: going back to Southampton though, but they they, they are always ripe for cherry picking right now because so many of those players you can identify as like again the top six could could look at players like uh, Bertrand, Ryan Bertrand, uh, Tadic, Dini you mentioned, Nathan Redmond, even Ward Prowse. These, these players could improve, either improve the first 11 of some of these top six sides, or at least, you know, really push, it, push the first 11. So, I uh, don't know, they're going to have a tough summer again.
1: Tadic as
2: well. Yeah, Tadic is very good. Then, oh, Van Dijk. But then what, are they, Dijk. Like, what,
1: is, what do they do with the money? You know what I mean? Like, what is the goal? Like, how are they ever going to become a bigger and bigger
2: club? At some point, they really need to then just say that enough is enough. We're no longer a selling club. It's a
1: young Um, squad as well. That's the other thing.
2: It's a good manager as well, Claude
1: Puel.
0: But do clubs do that, Indy? I mean, you know, you have top five, top six teams in the Premier League who are huge. They're all going to have brand new, spanking huge stadiums. They all get huge amounts of revenue. The sponsorship's huge. Can a team like Southampton ever really compete with one of these top teams? I mean, I, I, I mean, they have a formula now where they're buying young players in or they're bringing them through the ranks. They're making huge profits on them, but their recruitment's brilliant. So they're a solid think, Premier not? League why? table. Should they risk everything for, this, for, for a fantasy top four position? Why is it fantasy? Because they compete against, against teams. And I know we've had the Leicester um, experience last season, but they compete against teams who can outbid them literally every single department.
2: But why, why are they so different to, say, someone
0: like Spurs? Well, Spurs... Spurs are
2: not hugely,
0: like, richer
2: than them, you know? Well, we're, maybe
0: we're, in two years, we're going to have a 60,000-seater stadium, Southampton or Southampton. The draw of London for players coming into the Premier League is much stronger than it is for the South Coast. Plus,
1: Tottenham have been, Tottenham have been uh, challenging from the top
2: four for the last couple of years. But, but what where... I mean is, at some point... You know where Southampton are still continually doing well. You know, okay, they've been mid-table. I mean, look at who
1: they're Southampton are champion with, like Stoke and West Brom and West Ham. That's their top four league. uh, That's
2: embarrassing. But (laughs) they're capable, though, of pushing. Are they? I don't know. The team. We've all just sat here saying how how good their squad is. You know, they've got some good good talents in there. Are they a
1: one-off though? Are they like Leicester?
2: No, clearly not. They're reinventing themselves time and time again, season after season. You think about players that have left. You know, Klein and Lalana, uh, Mane—they're oh, all at Liverpool now. God, Basically, the Liverpool yeah.
1: side. I oh, think Liverpool so get a discount now. They've
0: got like a loyalty club card. <laughs> the they buy. It's so funny. I remember the summer that the Southampton were selling all their best players to Liverpool, and then Spurs turned up tried to get Schneiderlin, um, and they literally <laughs> said, "Sorry, the sale's over." <laughs> and that's it. And we didn't get him. That's <laughs> so embarrassing. Um, okay, that, that was a very good game. Um, on to, let's, let's briefly, briefly get through uh, West Brom versus Crystal Palace. Um, the score was West Brom 0, Crystal Palace 2. Goals in the second half from um, Wilfred Zahar and Andros Townsend for Crystal Palace, giving them a much-needed uh, victory. They're now three points from safety. Uh, that's two wins on the trot for Crystal Palace. Maybe San Allardyce has finally um, put together a little system that's getting the results. Um, and let's go on to what I think was the game of the weekend, uh, which was Liverpool versus Arsenal. I'm sure we have plenty to say on that. Uh, the score was Liverpool 3, Arsenal 1. Um, Jav, please tell me what you thought about the game.
1: Um, actually, it was, it was that cliche of game of two halves, right? Like the first half was so bad from an Arsenal point of view anyway. It was probably the worst performance I, I remember in a long, long time, including the Bayern Munich. Um, but our second second half was amazing. It was just end-to-end football. We attack, they attack, we attack, they attack. And it was so tight as well because right before they scored that third goal, uh, we attacked and we were just about to score with Sanchez.
0: Yeah,
1: It ricocheted off. They went down to the other end and they scored and the game was over. But if we would got the next goal, it was kind of like a next-goal-win scenario. I thought it was a brilliant game, amazing game. I I still don't understand the whole Alexis thing, although it's starting to come out now that you know there was a, a bit of a bust-up in training and he's starting to have a go at his teammates, which is fair enough to be honest with you. You know, Sanchez is a winner. He's a uh, he 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 can't accept players who lose in a Champions League. To, uh, to buy Munich and then go back in the, in the tra- changing rooms and like are fine with it. You know what I mean? That's that's not
0: okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I agree in terms of um, Sanchez having a go at his teammates. I don't think anyone will have a problem with that. He's a winner. He's the experienced player. He's, he's won Champions League with Barcelona. Um, but the bit that I saw in reports that came out last night and this morning was that he actually walked out of training. Um, and as soon as I read that about a player who literally just stormed off in a bit of a huff... Yeah, but um, why did
1: he walk out of training?
0: Well, I, I presume he wasn't happy with how things were going. Um, but if you're a winner and you want to try and lead, and you want to try and lead a team, then surely you stay there. You make a point and you shout at people as much as you want, and you have a go at them. But walking off in a huff, I don't think does much to team morale at all. But nobody needs to
1: know Sanchez personally to know that that guy is like the uh, optimal uh, professional. You know, he he trains like nobody trains. So are you saying that so things were that bad for him to walk out? For him to walk out, he must have seen the same shit going on over and over and over again. And he's just had enough. And actually, that's exactly what we need. Because, you know, like they talk to the old Arsenal players and they say that, you know, Wenger never shouts at you as a player. He never gives you a bollocking. Never. No matter what. And maybe that's just what what we need. Like, I feel, I feel so bad for Sanchez because he's stuck in this team where it's like he's a winner stuck with a bunch of, like, yeah. losers. We're happy to lose. We don't mind losing.
0: So after um, Sanchez's little spit, or spat, I should say, um, Indy, do you think that he'll be leaving this summer?
2: Yeah, I think so. Just looking at his body language in in all the other games, um, I was was remembering the the goal that Giroud scored when they they scored the equaliser against uh, Bournemouth when he was doing donkey kicks. Brilliant. celebrating the equaliser and, and Sanchez, you could just see him in the background looking at him like, what the fuck are you doing? And you know, at that point, you just think, yeah, he's done. He's done here."
0: Jav, do you agree with that? Or do you think there's any chance he could stay at Arsenal?
1: I mean, there's always a chance. There's you know, a big bag
0: of money shows up.
1: But um, I don't know if you guys noticed, uh, even when Robeck did score, like nobody was like celebrating with Sanchez. He just kind of turned around and just went back towards the halfway line ready to kick off again.
0: Yeah. Um, I wonder. I guess, if, sorry, I was going to I, say, I, I do wonder if this San, if this Sanchez, you know, threatening to leave situation actually pushes the owners to make that decision with Venga. Um, you know, they're still up in the air whether Venga stays or whether he doesn't. Uh, but I, wonder, I don't. I, wonder, I don't see how Venga can stay.
1: Can you imagine if Venga either now or at the end of the season comes out and says, you know, I've signed a three-year contract? Like imagine the fans already where people are going crazy. Imagine there'll be I reckon there was that guy on Arsenal Fan TV that said, you know, if Wenger signs a contract, you'll have to stop me from coming onto that pitch. <laughs> I I will come onto the pitch and I will grab him and I will shake him. <laughs> and that's how people feel now. Like it's got it's got too much. And God forbid. Sounds a bit wrong. Imagine if Özil signs a contract. Oh my God! If we keep Özil, I will. You'll have to stop me getting onto that
0: pitch. <laughs> But the more I think about it, I mean, you know, they've got a big decision to make this summer. The owners with Wenger, obviously, um, but if they think that no, they,
1: if, if they, it, they,
0: it, keep it. If, they decision, if they think right? that bringing in a top new manager would actually keep a player like Sanchez um, and Wenger sees that as well, maybe that would be something that would help him make his mind up.
1: Yeah, well, a good point that one of the uh, the, the pundits on uh, you know Soccer Saturday brought up was that. How can Sanchez commit his club to commit his future to the club when Wenger hasn't?
0: That's true. Or how
1: can any of the players?
0: Yeah.
1: Because they don't know who the manager's gonna be, they don't know <clears throat> if they're gonna be in the team. It's uh it's not good times for Arsenal at the moment, to be honest with you. But it's the same as every season. They're, they're very
2: angry right now. They're gonna go out to buy Munich. And, and then, and then they, it'll be no, it'll be a heroic performance where they might win 2-1 mm-hmm. or something like that, and they will be like this is what's going to turn their season around and then they're suddenly going to put together a really good run of form and they'll finish third or fourth and Wenger's going to be in a job again next year and they'll do the same thing all
0: over again i have to say just just um, mentioning the game quickly that the difference in the game as soon as Sanchez came on for the second half that drive that he has when he picks up a play when he picks up the ball and just runs with it and you see Liverpool players They start panicking, you know. No, no defenders like to have players running at them with the ball, and Sanchez is so good at that. It makes Wenger's decision to actually leave him on the bench look so much worse with the impact that he had when he came on. Not only
1: that, it makes all the players around him look better. Like we were, we were nothing in that first half. We had no threat, and the you know the Liverpool defense is terrible. They're not a good defense. So for us to not have any threat against them, it, it was just it was. Oh, it was embarrassing. But I have to say, it was the first time that I've really watched Liverpool, like like a full match. And I was so impressed with Mane. Mm. He's incredible. Mane and Firmino as well. I never really got the whole Firmino thing. But he, he was brilliant. His, his, his close control. In fact, the whole style of the way Liverpool play now. I don't know if you've watched them closely. They they ping that ball around so well. And they've all got such tight control. That um, I don't know how they don't just win every game because they they blitz us. We they're, can go. We can get anywhere near them. They're, they're perfect for for the opposition. Like I was
2: going back to my point I made earlier. Arsenal again, another team who like possession based football and like to build from the back. Liverpool love that. They eat that up all day. And with players like Mane, Firmino in particular is probably one of the best like defensive attacking players around. Like he will win the ball back high up the pitch. And he's very good at. They, they are good at using it, but where they've struggled, and I still say Liverpool will struggle against the team who will park the bus with six behind behind True. them, because they haven't got enough Coutinho's. Maybe Lalana. Oh, by the way, Lalana, that,
1: well.
2: that pass, yeah, for, for that the pass, oh, awesome. amazing. That was like world class. That little little bit of little bit of play there, but great.
0: I thought the amount of time that Lalana actually picked up the ball a lovely little Cruyff turn to move away from an Arsenal midfielder and then just laid it off. He did that four or five times in the game. It's a lovely player. On his I mean, day, Lallana looks so good. It's just he just yeah. doesn't really do often enough But Not so bad. The
1: amount of times in the first half that Lallana won the ball back. Yeah. Like you I was like, is this Lallana or is this Petro riera Like he just made us look so average and it wasn't just them. We were so average in that first half. But
2: it, but just talking about again the game, I said it was it was entirely predictable that this would happen. That you knew Liverpool would turn up for this game. One again, they're off the, coming off the back of a performance where they were getting criticised and slayed all week. So were we. So were Arsenal. But the thing is, this is again, this is the perfect game for Liverpool to play. You know, that team who liked the ball again. And the thing is, the only thing that would disrupt that theory of mine there is having a world class player like Sanchez. And it so nearly did turn the tide. You know, when he came on. Like that sort of player, you can't legislate for. Like when all the tactics, sometimes in the world, when you've got a player like that, he can kind of throw it all out the window by one bit of brilliance.
0: There's a bit I don't understand with this whole uh, Sanchez uh, walking out of training and then seemingly being punished uh, by not starting the next game. Is that who exactly who exactly is Wenger punishing here? If if Sanchez has committed, you know, if he's broken club discipline, which you know it happens, fine. You either um, have a chat, resolve your differences, and then move on, or you punish him properly. And punishing him properly is dropping him completely from the squad. And you say, okay, you were bad in training, you will not get to play. But by picking your best player by miles and saying, okay, I'm going to punish you by not starting the game, but then when you come on at halftime, you're going to look so good, it's going to make the decision of not starting you look even worse. I'm very confused. I'm very confused. If you punish a player, you punish a player, um, which Wenger is, is, is within his right to do it if he wants to. But he's only made himself and the club look worse in the way he's handled this. I think. What do you You're think, Jeff? Right. You're actually absolutely
2: right. For once in your life, you are. <laughs> he's given more power to Alexis as well now.
1: Exactly, yeah. and he made all the fa- he put all the fans against Wenger because imagine Alexis come on, score two goals, we win the game. Like everyone's, all everyone's talking about is why was he not starting, and then to like. To so after the match, to, to make up that cock and
0: ball story about, oh, well, I just wanted to play long balls. Oh, that's, a, that's like, an awful answer. What an awful answer to the question. That was
1: terrible. It was, it was, uh, I'm sorry, but it's, it's time for Linger to go. It just is, it is. And I, and I hate it and it's sad, but like, we're not, we're so stagnant. We're so stagnant. Nothing's, nothing's happening for us.
0: Okay, let's not get into um, Arsenal fan TV podcast. That. <laughs> um, so Liverpool now um, in fourth spot. They are two points ahead of Arsenal. Arsenal do have a game in hand, though. So if you do win that game in hand, you do go back into fourth spot. Um, Arsenal now on a horrific run of form. Three defeats in the last four games, and they mm. now have Bayern Munich coming up on. Is it Tuesday or Wednesday, Jav? Uh,
1: sure, but we also have um, we got FA Cup game. Lincoln. Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. The FA Cup. So that's the big one. That's, yeah. that's the next one. They did say that. I think Gary Luka put a funny tweet out saying that um, Bengal was wrestling Sanchez for the Lincoln game.
1: Yeah. And the problem is, like, oh, who cares about the FA Cup? <laughs> we
0: well, we clearly we, we don't.
1: Like, I, I really want Lincoln to beat us.
0: They really do. I'm just looking at Arsenal's top scorers here. Sanchez has scored 17. Brilliant. He's up there. Kane's on 19. But it's not just just that, Dan. He's been involved in 34 goals for Arsenal. It's it's superb. He's a world-class player. 34 goals. But you, you you drop down on the next in terms of next top scorers, and you can do the same with Manchester United, which I think you mentioned as well, Jab, is that you take out that one player who's scoring a lot of goals, and who else is really contributing um, yes. I, I think that w- <laughs> I think that when you look at teams like Chelsea, Man City, and Tottenham, who are the top three in the league at the moment, they have midfielders like Delielli and others who are scoring more than ten goals a season, and they're there and they're contributing week in, week out. But no, you look, what? But, but you look what at Delielli. has scored twelve goals a season already. Um, yeah, and then you look at Arsenal, and then please don't Google that stats I might be wrong. Uh, but you look at Arsenal, and then the next top scorer is Walcott and Juru with eight goals. Um, you know no one's really taken the weight off Sanchez at all I think
1: mate I don't know it's it's not it's not a good state of affairs okay and also the problem is is with Ozil like I just I think Wenger's going to try and sugarcoat this whole Sanchez thing leaving by saying that you know well at least we kept Ozil and that's just not good enough anyway whatever next game
0: Okay, next game, next day, uh, which is on to Sunday. Uh, there were two games on Sunday uh, Tottenham versus Everton. Tottenham ran out 3 2 winners um, in what the in game, which Tottenham dominated for 80 minutes before making life a bit harder for themselves. Um, this was billed as the Harry Kane versus Lukaku showdown. Um, and Harry Kane clearly came on top, didn't he, MD?
2: Yeah, I think so. It's a, it was a good showdown to have, as in, it's a good, when they were billing the game. Uh, in the build-up to the game those two both were a similar age Lukaku actually has a lot more experience than Kane but goal scoring records are both phenomenal but who who would you guys pick
1: I'm not sure one came out on top of the other though like they both they both came out with credit like you have to understand Kane's in a much better team than Lukaku um,
2: but in terms of their goal scoring records so like I said their Lukaku is
1: almost identical
2: uh, this season, yeah. yeah. But overall, Kane has like hit something like ten goals less than Lukaku in seventy games less. So his strike ratio. The sure. thing is, when you look at the two strikers, both of them. Looking at pure raw attributes, I think Lukaku probably comes out on top. You know, he has so much. Uh, obviously, he's got a pace and power. Um, he has some skills. The thing is with Kane, what separates him, I think, is is one is intelligence. And secondly, his finishing. I think he's just a better finisher. I well, doesn't have any intelligence. No, I think he's a very intelligent player. Have you heard him talk? Football intelligence. It's like Wayne Rooney. Okay. You know. No, I, I think Kane, Kane is just a superb striker. He just seems to be getting better and better. I thought it was really funny when the Spurs fans were all singing um, he's just a one-season wonder, just in retaliation to everyone. Still refusing to admit just how good the guy is. Jab, what do you think?
1: Um, Admit it, he's great. I'm I'm starting to come I'm starting to come around to it. Like he you know, you can't argue with the stats, unfortunately. He he does bash him in. And I do like I do like he's like a no nonsense kind of player. Like he just gets the ball turns and just has a crack. Um, Did you see the goals? Uh, I did, yeah. First the, goal. That first goal. I think the commentator was moaning about the keeper made a mess of it, but I didn't think so. I thought he just smashed it so hard that it was past him before the keeper could even move. Um, but I think they did make. Um, you know when they did a the little analysis on match of the day, they did make a good point that, um, you know, Kane has got Deli Ali and uh, Ericsson. Ericsson around him. So they really help like distract defenders. Where Lukaku's all on his own. They just launch a ball up to him and he has four defenders that he has to muscle out the way. And he yeah. did against when Maylen was there? No, Vatonga. Uh, God, for Malin, remember him. And um, he just pushed him over. Yeah. He's like, see ya, boy. And then just smashed it in. So, I don't know. They're both similar, but... <laughs> I
0: think, I, it. I think the other comparison that they made on TV before the game started was the attacking midfielder position where they compared Ross Barkley to Dele Alli who actually, I don't think either of them have very good games um, but the, I think one of the big differences is that Dele Alli week in, week out regardless of whether he was playing well or not for the 90 minutes um, generally pops up with a couple of moments and then he scored yet again and Barkley had a pretty poor game um, 13 league
2: goals now Fedeli Just, six, just six. I read a stat saying, if we're not including penalty goals, um, he has scored more than Anton Griezmann and even Eden Hazard. And he's 20 years old. 20 years old. I don't think he gets the credit he deserves because of the silly handshakes and stuff. But... Oh, I
1: hate that handshake thing.
0: Wait, wait, oh, wait. wait. Dan, Dan, what did you think of the handshake? I think uh, if, it's, if, if it's the handshake or the donkey kick celebration by Giroud, the handshake wins.
1: Oh, it's yes. so embarrassing. It's so embarrassing.
0: I think if you're an old man, you think it's embarrassing. If, if you're 20 years old. It yeah, it's cool. It's just fine. That you know what?
1: If you look at the stats, though,
0: so let's look at Harry Kane. Yes, Mr. Opta, talk to me. He he's scored
1: 68 goals. He scored nine goals with his head, 46 with his right foot, and 13 with his left foot. Um, where Lukaku scored 16 goals with his head, 22 with his right, and uh thirty nine with his left. So I think
0: Lukaku's is the all round. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely nonsense.
1: He scored more with his head.
0: <laughs> I think I think Jav is definitely putting out alternative facts though. I, <laughs> I think I think is a really good player.
2: I wonder if Everton can hold him. I know he's just signed another contract, but you wonder. You wonder whether he's he's still holding out for a bigger club. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up back at Chelsea for some reason.
0: I think I think that moves a possibility. I mean, he's, he's on 18 goals this season already. If he, if he gets over 20 and has a good run in towards the end of the season, uh, again, you can easily see a top-four team come in and snap him up. Um, and by snap him up, I do mean 70, 80 million pounds. That's, that's not going yeah. great these days. He's, he's, only 20, yeah. he's only 23 years old. He's been around a long time, Lukaku. I know. He's um, got a lot of experience. <laughs> he's, yeah. he's got a lot of years left in him, to be honest with you. Also, anyway.
1: Lukaku's... Um, <laughs> <laughs> just to go back to this, Lukaku's assisted three times more than uh, Harry Kane. So, again, he's, he's all all-round all player. He's played 70 games more than Harry Kane. So. Yeah, but 26 assists to 9 assists. Okay, Jab is banned from off the stats
0: next week. It's ridiculous.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, that, was, the, that He's that also
0: crossed the ball
2: more. Vuitton, oh, and Elder world also handled Lukaku really well, I thought, apart from the, no, one, the one unfortunate one, yeah. mistake from and He was
1: isolated, though. The, uh, Everton really struggled going forward. They were so worried about defending that they forgot to go forward at all.
2: Yeah, I think they got, they got their tactics wrong for me. I think they they were almost defeated before they even went there. You know, they were waiting. They were almost holding out the nil-nil and hoping to nick something. Mm. I think that's dangerous against Spurs. I think anyone who's seen Spurs... They, 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 yeah, you, you struggle. look at Liverpool. They're the one team that's really... Ha- Liverpool and Manchester City in the league have caused Spurs problems this year. And they've the, probably been the two teams that have actually pressed Spurs better than Spurs have pressed the opposition. So... So I, I think it was the wrong tactics, but Spurs are—they're really purring at White Hart Lane at the moment. They just look so good, and it's so Spursy that finally we found—you know—we've we, become uh, made White Hart Lane a fortress, and we're going to bulldoze it down. <laughs>
0: <Great>. <laughs> that is nine in a row at home, of course. Uh, that is Everton's first defeat in ten games for them, um, but because of the Manchester United draw. Uh, they're still just holding on to that hope of maybe nicking the top six spots. Uh, they're just five points behind them at the moment. I don't think they will. No? Don't, that's it. don't just, I, just, I just don't think they will. <laughs> okay. I, I
2: think they'll fall a little bit short.
0: Uh, have you got any stats to back that up, Indy? No, uh, just pure gut <laughs> instinct. <laughs> okay. Um, well, that's it for this week in terms of Premier League football. Uh, this midweek, there is Champions League football. Uh, next week, the FA Cup is back.
1: Um, what, about, uh, what about Chelsea tonight?
0: That is Chelsea. That's true. Um, Chelsea are playing West Ham away. Manchester increases- City did beat
2: Sunderland,
1: but that was a uh, pretty non eventful oh, easy that. three. Well, part. you say that. You know, it was reported as though it was like an easy yeah. win for Man City, but Definitely I don't know best. if you saw it. It wasn't that easy for them. Yeah. Like, they, if anything, Sunderland really gave them a good game that first until about the 60th minute, and then then they overran them. But until then, it was pretty tight. And also. Um, is it Sane? Sane, what a player! Oh my god! Sane and amazing. Sterling. Sane and Sterling are
0: incredible. I
1: think we've mentioned it before on this part. But I think when when it clicks for Liverpool and when it clicks for Man City, they just <clears throat> they're unstoppable.
0: I think yeah. I was really impressive Sterling, by the way. You know that's a player that over the last yeah. couple of years probably hasn't that much, you know, hasn't shown his potential too much. And at the start of this season with Guardiola, he was superb. Um, but yesterday in particular, I thought he just looked so good on the ball. And something that's always let him down as well has been his decision-making. Um, whether he knows when to cross, whether to dribble, whether to lay it off. Um, and every, time after time, he'll get the ball, he'll keep possession and he'll make the right choice over and over again. I thought it was excellent.
1: Did um, Did you guys see the the clip of, after that match finished, like Guardiola rushed onto the pitch and he, he went up yeah. to player by player and he was like still coaching them, going like, why did you pass it here when you're supposed to pass it there? You're supposed to be standing in this position when the, if you get the ball here when you should do that. It was crazy to see that. Like the players are just like, okay, okay, okay. Like, let me get off the
0: pitch. Yeah. So he's like, and he's I, just grilling them. I think it was Silver, wasn't he? He went over to Silver. Um, oh, <laughs> just silver he went you had a really good performance. Yeah, no. It's one of those that uh, you know, it's, it's like a, a kid going back to their parents and they're showing them yeah. the, the, the grade from school. Like, oh, I got an A, Dad. Great. Why didn't you get an A star? I over it. sort of, in particular, his face was just like, yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Let
2: yeah. me get off. I've, I've seen him do it before. He, he used to do that at Bayern
1: as well, I remember. He, but I love that about him. And I think, you know, when it clicks for him, it's really going to click. I think next season, it, yeah, I can't wait for next season, actually. It's going to be such a great season. <laughs> I was looking at their fixtures,
2: actually. Though They they have a really difficult run of games coming up. After Monaco, I think the next four games is something Are like you? Arsenal, Liverpool, Weren't Man United, it was someone, uh, Chelsea. Yeah, it really so. annoys
1: me when people are like, they've got a tough game of fixtures coming up because we all have to play everyone. Yeah, but in a yeah, row. Yeah, but not what's so, left. Monaco, yeah. Monaco away, Liverpool at home, yeah. Arsenal away,
2: Chelsea away. Four games in a row, which are tough games.
0: Indy, you made a great point. Jav, stop it. No, it's like, <laughs> they've they yeah.
1: got play one. Then they go to play Hull, Southampton, West Brom, Middlesbrough.
0: At the start of the season, they want to play everyone. But at this stage, um, some teams have had harder games already. said um, okay, so like, looking at
1: their next ones of like West Brom, Middlesbrough, Crystal Palace, Leicester, you could say, oh, that's an easy run. But no, because by then, it could be a relegation battle.
0: Could be. Anyway, whatever. Yeah. Brilliant. <laughs> Brilliant. Okay, Jav, say goodbye. Hello. Uh, Indy, say goodbye bye
1: wait did we talk about Chelsea oh my god stop it
0: okay everyone thanks a lot for joining us Um, have a wonderful week and we'll see you guys next week Bye bye bye